Hebrews 4.12, maybe a familiar verse to many. It says, uh, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. I was uh, just reminded as my wife and I, Linda, we, we um, sometimes on, on Saturdays we'll throw our bikes in the car and head off to some place and do a bike ride. We did one um, uh, yesterday in Mount Vernon. <clears throat> and, uh, and on the way back, we listened to a podcast, um, Revive Our Hearts, Nancy Lee DeMoss Wildema, I think is her. If I got that last name right, I, but um, she's—they've been doing a series. I, I'd encourage you to listen to it on on gender and sexuality. And uh, the th- the thing that got me though was one of the ladies was um, sharing her testimony. A lady that had, uh, um, you know, born a woman and uh, just fell into the the trans trap, if you will, and and. Um, changed all kinds of things about her physical body and all this stuff. And uh, But what was um, fascinating to me was, uh, you know, I think it was in her, it's in her, uh, some 40 years later, she becomes a Christian. She puts her faith in Jesus, and uh, as she says it, she was just on fire for God. And uh, and so she and she knew the Bible was the Word of God. And so then she, you know, as time went on, well, not instantly, but as time went on, she realized she, her, you know, her her feelings and how she had lived her life did not line up with what God said. And God helped her with that uh, in terms of changing her mind. But the biggest thing that she shared in that podcast regarding her testimony was just that um, the Word of God is powerful to transform and change lives. And we, we, we should not forget that. We should not take that lightly. It doesn't matter what the, what the thing might be. In that podcast, it was, that was her testimony. That was her situation. But just, just I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard somebody say, well, I was reading the Bible, and God changed my life. You know, so the Holy Spirit working through the Word, right? And so uh, um, I told Linda on the way back, I said, I feel like, this is, this is a feeling, so this could be very subjective, but I feel like that um, at times, and, and um, for those of us that have been believers for a long time, uh, we can just get comfortable, like, in life and uh, in our times with God, or and, and we're not, we, we kind of might lose the awe, lose the fire, if you will. Um, and so I find myself regularly asking the Lord, and I'm going to do that here, and I hope that you will with me, ask the Lord to fire us up with the Word of God, that we would hear from Him, right? And we would know 
this is the Word of God, and He has something to say to us, right? He, he wants to speak to us. He has spoken, and now we're saying, we're, we're, we're looking at what He has said. So, um, would you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we are just uh, grateful to be together. We're so grateful that we can meet with you anywhere, anywhere. Thank you that you've poured out your spirit on your church. Every believer, everyone who's put their faith in Jesus and who has repented of sin and turned to Christ for forgiveness and continues to cling to Christ, um, you've given your spirit. And so, Lord, by your mercy, would you um, quicken our hearts today, God? Uh, Help us to uh, just lean into you and to hear your word and to take it to heart. And, God, we just pray that we would experience the living and active word of God today. So, Lord, we need your help with that. Uh, We've come in from a week. Sometimes it could have been a very hard week for some of us uh, sitting in here, some of us watching. It could just be a really difficult trial that we're going through. Maybe we've really messed up, too, Um, fallen into something. And, and Lord, we we fall on your mercy and grace this morning. But, Lord, we just pray that if we, in our, in our spirit, Lord, if we say, Lord, I just, I want you to revive my spirit this morning, Lord, would you do that? And so, Lord, we, uh, we want to also uh, pray for our brothers and sisters, families and friends who, who, who might just, who might be um, um, struggling, fighting disease, sick. Lord, would you heal their bodies? Would you strengthen their, as it says in the scriptures, their inner man and uh, give them endurance? And so, Lord, we, um, we pray, Lord, that uh, we would not uh, leave this building without also, if we have time, to encourage one another, uh, to exhort one another, and knowing that, um, that, that, is, that is part of our time. It's not just a one-way communication, but it's a mutual encouragement. It's a mutual exhortation today as we interact with each other before and after the service. So, Lord, uh, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, if you're able, would you stand and read with me uh, verses 1 through 6 here, and uh, let's read it aloud together. It's short enough we can do that, Uh, probably stay on track even together. So uh, let's, let's read it aloud together. Let's hear the word this morning. Uh, so Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. Let's read. And he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. Whatever house you enter, stay there from there depart. And wherever they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. 
This is the word of God. Please have a seat. So this is a, um, kind of a transitional passage here. Up to this point, uh, the disciples have been following Jesus around, and that's what disciples do. Right? If you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, you're a learner, you're following him, you're learning from him. How we learn from him is from the scriptures right? and, and uh, the teachings. And so, uh, but they had him physically there. And so they followed him around, and they have seen him raise people from the dead, heal them from diseases, deliver them from demonic forces, uh, and all of these amazing things have taken place, and they've been eyewitnesses to these things. And so now uh, Jesus is, in a sense, saying, now school is going to begin. School is going to begin. And you're going to do some of these things. And, um, and, and you, know, you, you, you see what he says. He's gathered the 12 together. If you want to know who those 12 were, Matthew names them. Okay, Matthew names them. And um, in, a, in the parallel passage in Matthew chapter 10, I believe. And so uh, and it says he, he gathered them together. He called them together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And so, uh, just think about that. He's, he's sending them out, sending the 12 out. And he's basically saying, I'm giving you guys the power and I'm going to give you the authority to do these things. You're going to kind of carry on what I did, you're going to go out and do it. Um, and one of the other, uh, I don't remember if it's the Matthew 10 or the Mark 6 parallel passage, tell us they went out two by two. Okay? And so uh, at least they had that. I remember years ago, um, so our, in our history of our group of churches that we associate with, uh, in 1985, they started a bunch of churches with two people each. That's, that's, I mean, you'll never see a church, well, I shouldn't say never. You rarely see a church plant happen like that these days. Now, a lot of those didn't make it, um, but, and for various reasons, but, but I'm just thinking, you now that takes, it takes some guts and it takes like, you better know God's calling you out there, okay? And that's, that's just it, and, um, but here, these guys, you know, had Jesus with them, and he's sending them out um, to do these amazing things in the name of Jesus. Um, but I, I wanted to just um, take a pause for a moment here to talk about something, because um, as you look through the list of names in Matthew, you see these are the really like the, the apostles, <laughs> okay, he's sending out there. And... Um, and so I, I think it, it bears us talking a little bit about what is an apostle in the biblical sense here. And, um, and, and so just, um, I mean, you, you, can, you can search this yourself. You can research it. You can search the scriptures. But uh, let me just mention this. You know, when we, um, we did a series here on the Apostles' Creed, 
you may remember it's been some months ago, but we would, every time we met, we would say the Apostles' Creed together, right, which is done in, in a lot of, in, um, oftentimes in a lot of other churches, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's a great thing to affirm what you believe, right? Um, and uh, in that, uh, it, usually what is said is um, we confess in, in, the, in the Apostles' Creed, one holy Catholic and apostolic church. And so apostolic church, what does that mean? Well, um, apostolic, uh, you know, there's a general sense of the word apostle just means somebody that's sent. Okay, just, you know, a messenger, right? But uh, as, as it becomes clear from the Scripture that there are, uh, there is another sense that's a more focused sense uh, when you talk about the uh, apostles in the Scripture, not just a generic person that's sent, but one of the 12 apostles, right? And... Um, and so, let me just read something to you. Is this word apostolos designates one who was uniquely commissioned by Christ to bear witness, authoritative witness, to his person and work. Originally, Jesus chose the 12 for this role. And after Judas's betrayal, Matthias was numbered with the 11 apostles, it says in Acts 1.26. And after Christ confronted Saul of Tarsus from heaven on the road to Damascus, Saul, later Paul, became, quote, the least of the apostles, right, in 1 Corinthians 15.9. So, now, there are some others that you will gather that are given this uh, title or position, if you will, of apostle, like Barnabas, Apollos, and some others. And so, some would add those to the, the number 12. But whatever the exact number, here's the thing I'm getting at. Apostles in the sense of this specific apostolic office. They um, were those who had seen the risen Christ. They had seen the risen Christ and, um, and were appointed by him to proclaim and to inscribe divinely approved testimony according to the facts and meaning of his finished work. And so, you know, much of what you have here, right, is from the apostles, right, uh, from their writings. But so there is a sense here. So the only reason I'm bringing this up is, uh, is that I don't know that Jesus is giving every one of us carte blanche uh, uh, authority and power um, to heal all diseases like he was giving these guys. Or, uh, you know, but I'm not saying, I'm not saying we can't do that. Well, let me say that again. I'm not saying God can't do that through any believer today. But in the sense that these guys were going out, he's saying, you're going to have authority and power over every disease. Uh, and I, you just get the sense that everybody they touched was healed. Every person they prayed over, they were delivered from whatever it was. 
Um, and of course, this was testimony, in a sense, kind of authenticated the the message, right? Um, and by the way, just kind of a side thought, but related. The reason I think that not all of us, you know, at all the time could do this is because we do know that it says um, in Corinthians, I kind of lost, I've been off script here, which is okay. Um, uh, there, there is this sense here in uh, when, when, when Paul lists different gifts, he's saying, like, n- not all are prophets, not all could do miracles, right? So we know not everybody has those gifts, right? In fact, you know, you know, we could spend a lot of time talking about spiritual gifts, right? I mean, <laughs> but but just to say that you know, and I I believe, and I'm not a person who believes that these gifts, these miraculous gifts, have ceased. That's my personal position. I think they're still going on. I I just don't think that we can like at will exercise, you know, the gift of miracles or healings. God has to want to do it. He has to have a willing, has to have a willing vessel to be used, right? And so, so um, if you've never heard tell, you know, what is an apostle? Now you've got at least the short version of what that is. Uh, you know, also I call it apostle with a capital A uh, in the biblical sense, these, these ones who were the foundations of the church. Christ being the cornerstone, right? Um, so, but with that, with that said, um, uh, I just think um, I, I, I just think that there, yeah, there's something special with with the original twelve. But I do think that there's some there's some principles here that we can use to apply to us from this passage. Okay, and one is. Uh, just on this whole note of authority and power, okay? You should be uh, encouraged as a believer that as you read Matthew chapter 28 and verses 18 to 20, which if you're not familiar, um, it says this. So Matthew 28, 18 to 20. I'm starting in 18. It says, and Jesus came and said to them, so he's talking to this uh, group of disciples, and he says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. And then he gives them this commissioning. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so the one who has all authority has given to all believers, I think this is to all believers, not just to the 12, okay, to all believers, the one who has all authority is sending us out. He's sending us out, and we are to proclaim the message of Christ. We are to tell others about Jesus. And... and I have no doubt in, 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 in carrying that out, some people will be healed. Some people will be delivered. There's no doubt in my mind, as we do God's will, those things will happen. But make no mistake, um, it should encourage us the fact that the one who has all authority, like Skip said, you know, he's, he's the man. 
Jesus Christ, well, of course, the God-man, but we know, you know, I'm just saying that in, in a way of saying things, that he's the one. And because of that, um, I mean, doesn't it, isn't it, uh, think about this, if you're a person in a, in a company, and you're in, in your, and you, your higher up has said, "Listen, you need to. If, um, I'm, I'm going to give you a message, and you're going to go tell the people in your area that you're responsible for. This is coming from me, and uh, you know, and they need to listen to it. So then, you know, you you just you just deliver the message. You just say because first of all, they're your boss." And then, but then knowing that, hey, it doesn't matter. I don't care how what they feel about the message. I hope they receive it. I hope I hope they receive the message. And but but I I, I but I just know that I have to take it here because the one who has authority has sent me. And so we need to see that you know, as we see in other places in the gospel, Matthew twenty, I read one. We are also sent as believers. Now, some people, I believe, do get um, a, a, a call from God to whether it's be in you know vocational ministry or off to the mission field in that in that capacity, um, and that's awesome. And uh, should I say, uh, maybe you should be open to that. I don't know. I only say that because I know you know who knows, right? Uh, God, you know, if you're open to um, Say, Lord, uh, your will be done in my life, and uh, whatever that means, and hold loosely to the things of this world, and who knows, you know, and he might just say, well, I'm just going to, I'm just sending you to the people across the fence. That's fine. That's great. That's a wonderful place to be sent. Or he may say, hey, Egypt, that's where we're going. I don't know. But um, have you? Let, let me just ask you this: Have you ever come to the place in your walk with Jesus that you have really received this being sent? Like you've really held it as something for you, not just like the church in general, not just like for the quote professionals, whoever they are. But but like this is for us, every believer, right? And, but and just the the willingness to to carry the message of the gospel of the kingdom, because that's what these uh, these uh, people were supposed to do, right? That's what it says. It says that uh, to proclaim the kingdom of God and do and for them and to also to heal. And so, now the other thing that you should be encouraged on is, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a scary thing to talk to people about religion. Uh, and to talk to people about um, what the gospel is. But listen, the Lord has given us everything that we need to do this, right? And that's, that's the thing is anything that God sends us to do, he always supplies what we need. He always supplies what we need. And um, Acts 1.8, right, but it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will be my witnesses, he says, uh, in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So when the Holy Spirit was poured out, it was given, it was given to them to be witnesses, to have power to be witnesses, right? 
So as a believer, you've got the Spirit of God in you and with you as we carry the message. As we carry the message. And so, Jesus has sent us into the world, not just to be good examples. Yes, we should be good examples. Uh, but And not just nice people. Yes, we should be nice people because we're representing the king. But to share the gospel of Christ and, listen, to persuade them. To persuade them. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 6 to 11, it says, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 6 through 11 says, So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. Isn't that a wonderful way to think about it. I mean, it's a biblical way to think about life, right? Hey, God, if you're going to have me here and not with you, then I'm going to be all here for you. And, and that's really what Paul's saying. He says, whether at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. Now listen, it says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due to what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Notice how it's no accident that verse 10 comes after verse 9. Uh, so, you Because know, verse 9 was, we make it our aim to please him. And then it says, remember, there is a judgment coming. There is an evaluation coming, right? And, and then verse 11 is, is where I'm heading here. It says, therefore... Knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. Knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. We have to be, as we carry the gospel message and we make the proclamation, we need to make it our aim to persuade people that this is the truth. And that takes, there's some homework involved in that. People don't like to do homework these days, okay? There's study involved. You've got to be able to defend your faith, have reasons for your faith, right? And Paul says, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. And so, so as these men had the power and authority of Jesus not in the exact same way, but in a, in a similar way. We have the Holy Spirit once. We have the power. He's given us all we need. And we have been sent with the Great Commission. So, and the real question is, is have you received that? Have you, it is the Word of God, right? No less than thou shalt not kill, right? It has equal weight. Now, so, so just be encouraged, though, that, you know, anytime anybody mentions sharing their faith, it's scary business, right? Scary business because nobody wants to be rejected. Um, but it's, it's just like, well, how are people going to come to know Christ if we don't proclaim it? I mean, just being nice 
and being an example does not accomplish all of that. Okay? I mean, and again, sometimes being nice and being an example, people might ask you questions and give you an open door. That's great. Then you make the proclamation. But don't live next door to your neighbor for 20 years and not having said anything about Jesus. That's, that's the most unloving thing I could ever think of, to not tell somebody about Jesus when we've lived next to them for years and years. Hey, and I'm not talking about cramming it down anybody's throat either. We're not talking about it. We're just saying, like, you know, as uh, you have opportunities and the Lord will give them, I'm, I'm confident He will give them as you pray for them and make yourself available. And, and then as you even just share maybe some of your own story, I mean, there's always a great tr- being, ability to transition into God's story of the gospel as we tell Him our story of how God got a hold of our lives. But but I think we need to feel the burden of that. I'm, I'm preaching to myself as well as to you. We need to feel the burden of the weight of eternity. Because that's really it, isn't it? It's, 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 the reality is, uh, if you don't know Jesus and you die, you're going to hell. That's the reality. And um, as, as, as Bible-believing Christians, we know that's true. And that is a reality that we should um, remind us when we're with people, is that uh, God loves them, and he died on the cross for them, so they would not have to experience that punishment for sin, right? So... So we've been given this commission. We've been given the power. We've got the Spirit. And um, did you notice what happened there in verses 3 and 4 back to Luke 9? So verses 1 and 2 is all about the authority and the power and the being sent. In verses 3 and 4 here, it's it's like, uh, oh, by the way, uh, don't worry about taking supplies on this mission trip. You know, um, it, when I read this, it reminded me a little bit about um, when I became a Christian, was involved with the campus Bible study. Um, it, it was called OSU Bible Studies at the time before OSU uh, uh, trademarked that name, and then we had, you know, they had to give that up. But, but OSU Bible Studies, and we oftentimes would do these little mini mission trips to other college campuses trying to get the word about Jesus out. And one of those trips was to, was to almost heaven, West Virginia, right? And um, and if you don't know what that is, you know, just Google John Denver, West Virginia, and you'll find it, or heaven or something. Um, and, uh, and so we were set to go on this uh, trip here from Columbus uh, down to um, Morgantown there at WVU, West Virginia University, and... I remember thinking on the way there, of course, you know, uh, hey, this is the era of, at least uh, in my experience, you know, hotels, we can't afford a hotel. I'm a college student, okay? Um, and so, uh, so basically, 
somebody had gone on ahead, kind of like a forerunner, and tried to scout out like uh, some place that might put us up, right? You know, I think back on it now, I was like, man, that was just stupid. But, but it was good. It was really good because uh, I, I was, we were confident, you know, God's going to provide a place somewhere. And uh, I remember like stopping halfway because this is, you know, cell phones were not even popular at that time. You know, if the, I mean, there were cell phones, but they were like, you know, in a box, right? So not everybody had them. So you had to, so we were supposed to call and check in with the organizer, the person that was already down there on the ground, right? And so uh, about an hour before we were to get there, they still had not secured a place for, and, and this was, you know, our student, I think the, the, we probably had close to probably 80 students going on this trip. And so, um, so it wasn't like, you know, Doug could say, hey, yeah, come on, stay at our house. Uh, maybe once you get the building built out there, you, we could do that. But, but, uh, but so anyway... Uh, at, when we got there, they had a kind of a rallying point, a place to, to, to go just in case. They had found a church. There was a church there that said, yeah, you guys can all sleep on the basement floor here because we had all brought sleeping bags and stuff like that. But it just got me thinking back to um, the, uh, just the, the living by faith, um, that trusting God, that he will take care of that. And, you know, and again, I... I I don't plan trips that way um, currently, but, I, but I'm just thinking to myself, um, Jesus told these guys, <laughs> trust me. I'm sending you out there. Just trust me, right? That's what he says. He said, he said trust me. He says, um, take nothing for your journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, and, do not, and not even two tunics. So you can't even bring your two tunics, Okay on this on this trip so um and he's really getting them to see that he through his spirit has given them everything they need to do this job okay what he is sending them to do he will provide everything they need okay and i and i know i've touched on this but but you know just that um that, you know, he's, yes, he's given of his spirit, and that, you know, if God's uh, sending you on some mission that requires some finances, he's going to provide it somehow. Maybe through ideas he gives you, maybe from, through some person you don't even know to provide for this. And so, um, as we're on mission together, Jesus, as we're as we're taking this being sent seriously, sent to communicate the gospel where we live, where we work, wherever we go. Trust God. Pray to God to use you and to and to help you open your mouth and and watch Him work. I mean, can you imagine the, I mean, just from a human standpoint, I'm thinking to myself, can you imagine the confidence they gained in God as they went out there? And they're like, and of course, when you read about it later, say, man, Jesus, you see, seeing what was happening, people were getting, you know, healed and believing in you. And it's, 
It was crazy. That's a summary. <laughs> you know, and so isn't that how it works with the Lord and your walk with God, right? When he, when you, when you accept that uh, and you put into practice that call, that, that, that saying, okay, Jesus, I see that you, you, are, you are telling every believer to do this and that you put the people around me on purpose because, um, you know, geographically so that I can try to be a witness to them, right? And as you step out and whether it's start a conversation, just even to, I mean, I'm finding out, you know what? It's a big win if you can even catch your neighbor outside of their fence, Right? So when you do, you know, just get to know them, right? Or your coworker. But the thing is, is that when you start praying that God will give you gospel opportunities and He gives you one and you step out and you do it, your faith increases. Your trust in God. He's always been trustworthy, but our experience of that trust grows. But I think by telling them not to bring this stuff, um, he is trying to uh, impress upon their, their hearts that they need to be dependent on God more than stuff. And we need to realize that as we're taking this being sent seriously, and as we're going out there and praying for opportunities and God gives them, you don't have to have some whiz-bang presentation all figured out. If you know the gospel well, or even just one verse, Matthew 6, 23, right? Is that it? The one verse? Sorry, yeah, I know my Bible. Romans, (laughs) Romans 6, 23, right? The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you can share that verse and explain it to somebody, that's all you need. Okay? And the Holy Spirit. Right? And as we do that, we are relying on him. I think we rely too much sometimes on ourselves. I, I know I, I tend to be that way. I, ch- I tend to be more self-reliant, and that's... You know, there's a healthy self-reliance, and then there's an unhealthy self-reliance. We need to rely on God. We need to trust Him to use us. And, you know, Matthew, in Matthew chapter 6, as Jesus is talking in the Sermon on the Mount, what does He say in verse 24? Oh, man, it's 1131. Uh, He says, No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Got to have your priorities right as a Christian. God is first. What he says goes. Not my feelings, not how I want to do things. If it's contrary to the will of God, you do what God says. That's what God calls us to do. Right? It's not a democracy with God. And so he's saying, you know, don't let these other things distract you from God. Money's a necessary thing. We got to pay the bills, right? All that. But, but he's saying, don't let that get in front of God. And then he says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, 
nor about your body what you will put on. Is not life more than food and body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They sow, they neither sow nor reap and, uh, nor gather in the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. It's like, you know, if God's taking care of the birds, don't you think he's going to take care of you? That's what he's saying. And then you go on down to verse 33 of Matthew 6. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And there's a promise there. We have our priorities right. We're being faithful. God will provide. And then it's just, as we, as we look at these last two verses here and close, um, what does God tell them, what does Jesus tell them to do? It says, and wherever they do not receive you, what? You mean not everybody's going to like me when I tell them the message? And whatever they, whenever they do not, wherever they do not receive you, when you leave the town, uh, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And then it says, and they departed, went through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. And so, this is just a reminder. There will be places, there will be people that don't want to hear what you have to say regarding uh, Jesus and the gospel, and that's okay. That's okay. You don't keep, uh, you know, beating them over the head with that. You know, you, you, you hopefully, you know, when you have your opportunity uh, and, and you share, it's a lot of times it's over time, little bits and pieces of the gospel. You know, sometimes it is maybe a full gospel presentation. I don't know how it works with you, but, but, but then sometimes people are just going to reject it. Now, maybe they'll reject it now and accept it later. That's, that's not up to you. So don't keep beating them over the head with the truth, but, you know, I think what we need here when it comes to these situations is discernment. We need discernment. God, how, how much do I hang in there with this person? It's been, you know, a couple of years here, and they're not moving on this. I could still be their friend, for sure, still love them, serve them, whatever. But, but when it comes to, um, you know, sharing that gospel, we need discernment. But don't do this. Don't change the message. Don't accommodate the message to make it more palatable. That would be sin. That would be wrong. That would be a false gospel. But I could see how it would be tempting to do that, you know. Kind of share the good news without the bad news, right? Because to be good news, there has to be bad news first, right? So we really need discernment here. Now, shaking off the dust off the feet, I mean, there's... Uh, you can you can do a deep dive on that, and you can you can learn there's some some uh, situations there that Paul ran into. Paul and Barnabas um, actually put this into practice in Antioch. Um, some of the Jewish leaders of the city stirred up persecution against these uh, Paul when he was on his missionary journey. So it says in Acts thirteen fifty one, they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them and went to Iconium. 
they shook him off as a warning to them. It's, it's almost, it's a form of judgment. It's like, we preach to you, we've told you how it is, you're rejecting us, we're moving on. And I'm sure that they wanted them, they still, it's not like they still didn't have a heart for them, they're saying, God's moving us on. God's moving us on to the next place, and that's it. So that's why, that's why I'm saying I think we need discernment on when do we need to move on. All right. All right. We need to land the plane here. Let's do that. So let's ask God for God's help on this. Lord, we, we, we um, thank you for this example here we see of the, the apostles, the 12 who you sent out. And they proclaimed the gospel and healed all these people. You gave them the power and authority. Lord, you've given us. You're, you're the one who has authority and you've sent us out to be your mouthpiece. Um, Lord, we just, we just ask, help us to be faithful. Help us to be faithful with our place that you put us. And uh, give us a heart for lost people, knowing that we were lost. <laughs> we know Christ is here, but we were lost once too. And give us a heart for people that are far from you and who need to know that you love them and have expressed that love on the cross. God, give us a, an extra measure of boldness, Father, I pray. I pray where we are weak need, Lord, give us strong legs for the gospel. And uh, people need to know there's hope and that that hope is Jesus so, Lord, uh, also give us discernment, as we may have shared many times with individuals, and, and let us know when it's time to move on, and then maybe trust that you'll bring someone else at a different time. But let us hold firm to the message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.